morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Live at Enterprise Center, we are under <laughs> seven hours from puck drop for game six. Coming to you from the Bomberito Club up here at the suites at Enterprise Center. If you're coming to the game tonight, bring a jacket. It's a little chilly. Ooh. A little chilly. It's the way it should be. Chilly. The ice is on the ground. Your first time in a rink? Late May. Well, and the closer to summer, they got to I mean, get it a little colder. That's Strick. He's here. Chuck on. is here. Like you've never been here. in a rink before. Charlie Marlowe back from San Jose. Andy Strickland last seen on Fox 2 with a yellow plaid. I saw that. Pattern sport coat. See, from Got- the clip I saw on Twitter, it looked like one of those Football Hall of Fame jackets. Mm. It looked very, very sharp. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. A lot that. of feedback on the coat. Lots of feedback. I mean, it tells me people are watching Fox 2 on Sunday night. Thank you. Thank you. We all know that. I wasn't sure. I didn't know if you were just telling me that. Uh, no. But it's actually true. No. And you get text after your guy bespoke got blown up. Oh, he did get blown up. And he actually told me, you know, because, you know, we mentioned his name on television. And he heard from a number of people he was appreciative. You know, what's funny is. Good to um, be here. Great yeah, to be here. Great, great to, to be, be here. Love it here. Great, great to be here. Candidly. We're in Andy's house. Yes, you are. It's your time. Daddy's time. Do you want to update? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's time of year. And so I text him. I love that. D-O. No. D-T-O-Y. D-T-O-Y. And he's like, what's that? I go, Daddy's time of year. <laughs> uh, Blues will win the Stanley Cup in the next eight years. I like that a lot better now than Ooh, I did when you first said it. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I was on to something. You know, I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll no, never, you weren't. You I'll, said eight years. I'll never forget. I don't know if it was you or maybe Frank or Charlie who said to me when the team was starting to play better, right? I mean, they were still near the bottom of the standings, and they said, hey, do you think the Blues will make the playoffs? And I said, yes, because they were only seven points out at the time. If you go back to the the time, you know, when the Blues started obviously turning things around, when Chief took over early January, remember what we kept saying, and it's all proven to be true, that they had played the fewest number of games in the league. Um, they were only out of the playoff picture by like seven points. I think maybe the most they were ever out was somewhere in that nine-point range. It's not that difficult to make up that ground. Now, you have to win the games, but especially when you had played the fewest number of games in the National Hockey League, and I really believed it because I kept saying over and over, where is the disconnect? Why isn't this team playing better? Kevin Shattenkirk telling me that the New York Rangers on the bus driving into the Enterprise Center looking at the Blues roster saying, oh, my God, this team should be unbelievable. Why aren't they better? And the fact that people around the league and other players around the league were saying that just made me believe this team, it's true, they should be much better. And I wasn't overly surprised to see them get their game together. You know what? That, that gives me encouragement. I feel the same way about 590. I look around I'm like, we should be better. <laughs> look at all mean? these. I'm saying we could be even better. Look at all these pieces we have. We're fantastic. People come and visit us, and then they get on the bus and say, God, those guys should be better. Right? What other it's radio there station? For us. It's there. What other station in town live here? Thank you. For the morning skate before. 
the biggest game in Enterprise Center history. And what's on the ribbon panel right now, boys? What does it say? Take Country me Rhodes. home. Country Rhodes. Bernie Federico will never understand. Well, he shouldn't. I don't, I, like don't I don't like it. Oh, you don't like it. I don't. You don't like it. I love everything about the Blues, mm-hmm. Enterprise Center. I love their in-game entertainment. Mm-hmm. I love Gloria. I just think it's a little weird. If we if we didn't say West Virginia, couldn't you make it more St. Louis? Yeah, but like there's in the a course? story behind it. What's the story? It's and, always a story. And, and I don't know exactly what the story <laughs> is. But there is a story that they played – the song at the beginning of a streak, something happened. Okay, and, and you know, I so think so it may got, have been during the eleven-game winning streak. So, I don't like know. in-house music, yeah. played it. People kind of had fun with it, yes. and then because it was during the streak, they grabbed onto that it. That is correct. That's what happens, Chuck. Why are you such a hater? It's kind of like Sweet Caroline, though, with the Red Sox. That started kind of randomly, mm-hmm. and now it's a thing they do every game. You know, the Blues, the first half of the season, they had like three different five-day breaks. And then they had a bunch of one-game homestands. I think something like eight. So no family came into town the second half of the season because they came in and played one game, then they were back on the road. They played a ton of road games, a ton of road games in the second half of the season. And even when the team was struggling, they kept winning games on the road. And go look at the Blues record against the other teams' best or against the other you know best teams, the most competitive teams in the National Hockey League. Even in the first half of the year when the Blues were near the bottom of the barrel, they kept beating all the good teams. And something kind of told you, hey, maybe this team, if they can get it together, they've proven they can beat the good teams because in years past, I've done the numbers, and I remember tweeting it out in in the past. When they, I think they maybe won the division, they finished somewhere with like 111, maybe 114 points. If they didn't win the division, they finished second. And their record against... The upper echelon teams was really poor, but they never lost to a good team or a bad team the entire year. But the best teams, they struggled with. And sometimes that can truly be an indicator of just how good a team is. How good do you perform against the best teams in the league? Yeah, even in 2018, before the calendar flipped, you had – that's Strick's phone beeping, by the way. It's prongs. Um, Hitch. Before – probably Hitch. Talk I've been to, 10 bucks it was Hitch. Talked to Hitch yesterday. There you go. And he How's is, he been? Oh, he's been great. Um, buying know, in? Trying to find out exactly what the, he like the, blues what the plan will be. And, um, is he, the, don't you love the buy-in? Is he I comfortable being it. uncomfortable? Well, you have to be. 100%. Is he wearing Civil War gear? <laughs> is he doing reenactments? <laughs> is he skinny still? What is Hitch? These are all great questions. Uh, like we're playing the $100,000 pyramid. Um, no, I don't know. Is he? Uh, he's probably waiting to find out what he's going to. His role is going to be with the Edmonton Oilers. Is he tight with Ruby, or is that very tight? Okay, very tight. Very tight. Uh, and I think that's a great. Uh, in all honesty, that's a great subplot that Ruby you know and Hitch are yes. tight. And you look at how Craig Ruby even is today. Somebody told me a great story. A very uh, well-known NHL agent who was waiting for his client after Game Four in the Winnipeg series. Winnipeg had just evened the series two games aside. The Blues had lost three and four here at home. And Craig Bruby walked out, and this guy's a former player, and started talking to him. And been like, hey, what's going on? He couldn't believe how calm he was. And is, how, that honest, is that your phone? Yes. Okay. And how under, you, how under control look, he first was. First of all, I need to know who it is. This the, is Daddy's time of year. You know that. The three-ding rule was on the third ding, you have to tell yes. us who it was. Yes. Is it no. Joel Edmondson's sister? No. No. Is it Chris McAlpine? But you know who, I'm, who, is it, you know who I've become tight with, who my favorite people right now. Binner's dad. Binner's dad, John Bennington. He and the mom, Pam. Those are my people. So he – you, you, you say that Jordan Bennington is calm, he's under control. And Did you just you, segue your own story? And then you meet the dad, and you say, well, now I understand why he is how he is. The apple doesn't always fall too far. Chuck, feel free to get a word in. Quick story, because Frank alluded to this. 
There's a Darren Ravel article about a Blues fan that was in Vegas early January, put 400 bucks on the Blues to win the Cup at 250 to one. Mm. One of my buddies, a tenant buddy actually, man. buddy man of mine, was with him. He put 200 dollars down at 250 to one. He sent me the ticket. He said I can talk about it, but not mention his name. So he put 200 bucks down on January 9th. If the Blues win the Cup, he wins. $50,200. Does he owe you any back rent? Because this is a good thing. He's going to be paying me on time <laughs> moving forward. I all know. of a sudden, the rent went time. up. It's the old Stanley hey, Cup clause in the contract. Pay it all at once. Uh, you guys ready for some? You guys ready for questions for the panel? Let's get into 100%. this game. Let's, let's dive into this right, game. Into, I don't know. Poor okay. Johnny, uh, Johnny uh, Hollywood, Johnny Bravo is back there. Is that right? Johnny Hockey. Johnny Hockey is right. I don't know if we have any did, 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 did music. We have the Five for Frank music. Just a little something here. We're going to go around. And you know what? Super Dave is here, too. Dave Solomon, who has covered this team for the last 20 years. Scrum lurker. Uh, Scrum lurker. Hall <laughs> of Famer. Dubbed by the Canadian media. Was it the Jay and Dan guys? Yes. yes. Is that their name, Dan and Dave? Jay and Dan. Jay and Dan. How about that? All right. Here we go. Okay. The Sharks can win this game how? Andy, you first. Well, if Martin Jones is better than Jordan Bennington, and he's proven that he can't, that he hasn't been up to this point. I think he's got an 88 save percentage here in the series. That's there not we good go. enough. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. We Hardwell. can't be better. I knew it. Spaceman. That's not good enough. You need three things to win the Stanley Cup. You need health, you need luck, and you need goaltending. And, listen, San Jose has had their fair share of luck. We know that. But health is an issue. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, we know Tomas Hurdle. He scored north of 30 goals this past season. He's a big part of what they do offensively, even though he hasn't busted out here in this series. Eric Carlson, a two-time Norris Trophy winner, will not play. And, you know, Pavelski, who just hasn't been the same since he got hurt in Game 7 against Vegas, and he missed the first six games of the previous round against Colorado. They don't have health on their side. They don't have goaltending. I don't see how they recover from the previous game, losing 5-0 in a must-win game at home and come in here and win tonight. But to answer your question, Martin Jones is going to have to steal a hockey game for San Jose. Chuck, what was the question? The question was, what do the Sharks have to do to win this game? I agree with Andy Strickland. Obviously, you have to keep the game close. It can't be like Sunday. That was an absolute blowout and never in question after the first period of they that game. They were terrible. That was one of the worst playoff performances I've ever seen. It was really, really team. bad. They yes. were booed. And, Chuck, you were there. Were they booing? They left early. I know that. And how about also chanting, refs, you suck. Right. You have to, as a Blues fan or just a hockey fan, you have Absurd. to chuckle when you watch the hand pass and then go back to the Colorado series with what happened with the offsides goal and then go back to the Vegas series when the only reason they won is because of the major penalty they score four goals. For the San Jose Sharks and their fan base to chant, refs, you suck. And there was a hand pass too, right? I mentioned the hand okay, pass. Good. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. uh, peak irony right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my answer to this question is they win this game if they get some favorable calls because that's what we've seen this postseason. I think, too, I don't think this is going to happen, but you just wonder if a team on the verge of the Stanley Cup, do you get a little tight? I don't think that's going to happen, though, because you just look at this Blues team. We're in the dressing room there. You mentioned Binner. Does he look like a guy who's going to get nervous? We've already joked about that. Craig Berube, is he going to be a guy who all of a sudden is the master of panic, as Shaq called what Stan Van Gundy wants? I just feel like the leadership of this team, they're not going to be like that. You're going to have the building behind you. I think it's a very, very tall order for San Jose. Hey, what about Super Dave? How do you think the Sharks win this game, huh? I think they would need every break to go their way, and I think the same strategy they've used in the last two rounds, get a little help from the guys in black and white stripes. 
Biggest game in St. Louis since, and in any sport, biggest since the 2016 Game 7 here in town with the Hawks. Women's national team versus New Zealand. Yeah, 2015 NLDS, Cards and Cubs. Okay, see, this is what you guys like to do. Here we go, Cardinals. Compare sports. You you local news guys. I mean, you like to bring in the Cardinals. You're a local news guy. News. News and sports. News. You guys like to bring the Cardinals into every. That's I said fair. it to Frank before. We Can do we do stop that. Stop doing but, that. But they're also a sports team. In I know, town. but like, lo- what does it matter? Comparing Cardinal Let me answer games, the question. Cardinal World Series games are big games in Cardinals history versus what's going on tonight. This is this the biggest, is the biggest game since Cardinals biggest, opening day. Okay, this is let's, the let's be honest. Game in Blues history, is it? Oh, I wanted you to say that. Thank you. I mean, there are, there are a generation like of people who have never experienced a game like this to have an opportunity to close out a conference final. On home ice, people had never seen this happen before. Okay, and this is the biggest game Blues fans, the majority of them, have ever witnessed in their lifetime. And so, it's not about the Cardinals. It's not about the NFC Championship game and and some of that other stuff that has happened in the past with the Rams. It's specifically about the St. Louis Blues, biggest game ever. Don't you also think? And and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Isn't it the biggest ever because you go back to 68, 69, 70. As impressive as that was, it was a different situation with the expansion. So it was more difficult, correct, for the Blues to get to this this point this year. Correct. And they played in the expansion bracket. Yes. To represent the expansion bracket in the Stanley Cup final. The Blues have never won a Stanley Cup final game. I think they got swept in all three years. All right. Let's let's say all goes well. And it's sometime, let's just yeah. say in the next eight years, we don't jinx anything. <laughs> Blues have a parade It'll down. happen in the next eight years. Okay. So who will win more championships, the Cardinals <laughs> oh my God. or the Blues? Or the new MLS squad. <laughs> I think, okay. I think Frank's question last time I was on with him was, would you be okay if the Blues, with the Blues winning the Stanley Cup if it meant the Cardinals wouldn't win a World Series for the next ten years? <laughs> I was like, well, he and he wouldn't necessarily go there. He's like, I don't know, ten years is a long time. I was like, well, why are we even – Discussing that, and you're asking a hockey guy. Assuming at some point in the next eight years it happens, the parade down market percentage of Blues alumni that would come to that parade, whether on a float with the team or just said, "I got to see it. I got to be." I spent a year there. I spent ten years there. What percent of Blues alumni do you think would say, "I want to show up for that parade"? Well, the ones that live here, 100. percent Well, I, I mean, just um, the ones that live outside of town. I mean, you I think would imagine 50. percent Well, not? I don't know. I mean, a, a lot of these guys, obviously, we've seen a lot of Blues alumni go on to win cups elsewhere. Right? How many former Cardinals will show up at the Blues parade? <laughs> Is that your question? Will Yadi Merlina and Adam Wainwright show up to the parade? All right. Bonus question, Chuck. How hammered will Strick be if the Blues, in fact, clinch tonight? On a it's scale funny of one you to say 10. that because Strick is usually a Wednesday guest for this program. And I'm on the morning after tomorrow, so I asked Strick, I said, hey, because you're on today, a Tuesday, will you still be on Wednesday? He goes, yeah, but I'll probably be a little hungover. D-T-O-Y. To be fair. D-T-O-Y. D-T-O-Y. Blues continue this run. Who is your con Smythe? Well, right now you got to look at two players, and it's Jaden Schwartz or it's Jordan Bennington, and I think you'd probably have to lean more towards Jaden Schwartz just in terms of how he's performed in a number of games. Uh, how clutch he's been in the third period. I mean, look at the percentage of goals that he scored here in the playoffs that have been in the third period. His shooting percentage is close to 50% in the third period. I mean, it's incredible stuff what he's been able to do. You go back to game um, five against Winnipeg, getting the deflection uh, with 15 seconds left. I mean, so he's just had some monstrous, monstrous goals, the uh, hat trick in the previous game. So I would probably lean towards 
Jaden Schwartz, but obviously if they win the Con Smythe, that means they most likely win the Stanley Cup, and so we have a number of games to go before another player could enter the conversation, true, potentially. True or false, Charlie? If, when. You can tell he's making these questions up as what? we go, but go ahead. True or true false? Or false. Uh, if, when, uh, the Blues <laughs> win this series uh-huh. while the celebration is taking place, NBC will zoom in on a dejected Joe Thornton. True oh. or false? Oh, that's 100% Thank true. You. That is the 100% answer. But, but, true. But I don't have a problem with that. I mean, Joe Thornton is one of the best players in the history of the game. You look at how many um, games he's played, how many playoff games he's played, his point total, which ranks him – I believe, in the top 15 in history of the National Hockey League, if not just outside the top 20. It's either the games played or point total that has him in the top 50 or 15. Um, you know, he's been an MVP, and this could be his last game of his great career. I know we don't like San Jose a whole well, lot right now, are- but on a national television program, he's a big name. Of course they're going to show Yeah, and Blues fans... I sense. Don't have anything against Joe Thornton. They're just a little tired of the NBC narrative. And this guy's a thoroughbred. I mean, everything mm-hmm. seems to be all about him. I think was that's what. Was that your Kenny Albert? A little Kenny Albert. <laughs> yes. Don't you think, though, the David Perron hit? I think a lot of Blues fans still oh, remember true. that that's one true. from years ago. Yes, they do. And are not too happy with uh, yes, Jumbo. Jumbo Joe. You know, the Blues are 2-0 and in the playoffs in clinching games. On home ice. Closed out the Jets, closed out the Sharks. And I know the, a big narrative here in the postseason has been their play on the road versus at home. Obviously, they've been a much better road team than they have been at home. It's interesting because somebody's streak is going to end. San Jose is 4-0 here in the playoffs in uh, elimination games. You know, so, I mean, they've been able to fight off, stave off elimination and find a way to live another day. Uh, I just don't see it happening today. I mean, when you don't have healthy bodies, and and not just healthy bodies, but two of your premier players. Um, And Eric Carlson being such a huge part in terms of what they do, in terms of how they play. You know, he's got 16 points here in the postseason. He's had a great run. You look at Tomas Hurdle, he hasn't had a great series, but the first couple series he was really good, and I want to say he has 15 points in 19 games here in the postseason. Pavelski hasn't been the same since he suffered the the head injury in Game 7. So I, I just don't even expect him to really have a huge impact, although I could be wrong. You don't ever want to say that. He's had a good career. And this could be his last game in a San Jose Sharks uniform as well. Let me take Schwartz off the table. Mm-hmm. Give me the Blues player that has surprised you the most during these playoffs. Super Dave, Super Chuck, and Strick. Strick, you can start while I think of my answer. Well, if you want to say. Most surprising. Uh, is it? I know you've been talking up you know, Jay Bo a little I'm, bit, even I'm, though he has some bad moments I'm, that people I'm isolate. Gonna go, I'm going to go Ivan Barbashev, uh, Oscar Sunquist. I'm going to go with those two. They're, they're, they're a tandem to me. Um, you know, Sunquist is, is. You put all foreigners in the same camp? Well, he's, argue, he's arguably the most <laughs> improved player in the entire league this season. I mean, to have one goal in 42 games last year, looking like a guy who couldn't even play in this league, and then to all of a sudden be a second-line center for the second half of the season when the Blues had their run, finished with 14 goals. And it's not just five-on-five, but it's it's the chemistry he has with Barbashev, killing penalties. I mean, that's the one penalty-killing duo they have that's always looking to be aggressive and attack up ice and looking to score shorthanded. Those two guys have been magnificent. I'm not surprised in the very least that they have had the type of playoff that they've had and, I mean, it gives Craig Berube so many different options. They truly have four lines that you can roll and four lines that you can play against anybody. 
and not feel like you're overmatched. So I'm going to go with those two guys. That's why this is a tough question because I believe I saw the stat that 10 different Blues have scored. 11. 11. 11 different Blues have scored in this series. In this series compared to seven, I believe, for San Jose, 18 Blues players in total have scored a playoff goal. That's crazy. Here in the playoffs. And you know what was the big storyline? Not even the big storyline, but I think internally. You know, you talk to the players, you talk to management, coaching staff, the second half of the season. What separated the Blues from everybody else? It was their depth, specifically their depth in the offensive end. The only team that can match their depth in the entire league is probably the Boston Bruins, who the Blues could obviously see if they advance tonight or in Game 7. I would say Perron, just because historically he hasn't been a great scorer in the playoffs, but also I, Feisty. He's, he's been more of an agitator, and I think he looked around. He's always had that, though. I feel he's amped it up, though, and maybe looking around knowing, well, O'Reilly's not going to do it. It's not Tarasenko's game. Like I think he realized he had to do that, and I, I guess I didn't see that coming. Is that a misread? You say no. he always had that. I think he's amped it up a little bit, even well, getting into it with Bishop. And I mean, you got to be – well, he's always been an agitator, always been a guy that gets under the skin of the opposition. Sometimes the timing of when he chose to do that wasn't the best – wasn't the best time, an inopportune time, right? Some would say inoperable time, but we'll say inopportune, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> it wasn't inoperable. It was inopportune, right? Correct. Why aren't you commenting on that? He's checking his phone. Oh. No, I had to Probably think Probably has Fox 2 okay. duties. Okay. No. Live no, no. shots okay. at 5. So, you you know, should see when Frank and I so, are together. Like, so, David Perron. That's a great question. David he's down Braun on his phone. I'm down on my phone. No, no, I just said that was my guess. Yes, he's had, he's had his best playoff of his career without a doubt even though he went to the final last year with vegas the numbers weren't there he was a healthy scratch he had the flu he never really recovered from the flu when he came back in terms of getting his legs back um but you know he's, he's a guy for sure you know jay bowmeister let me just say this also because you can look at pareko and, Bo- and bowmeister how well they pay- played you know uh, pareko hasn't scored in this in this series but he's a plus three he's been an unbelievable defender i think he's turned himself into a superstar defensive player Okay, and everyone expects him to be maybe more impactful offensively. Now we're seeing him get more power play time, and maybe he'll be that guy down the road because we all know he has a heavy shot. Remind me. But, but you know, it was Bo Meester after the hand pass that got up and spoke to the rest of the team. And when he speaks, everybody listens because he chooses. Like, holy crap, he speaks. Yeah, yeah. because, like, you you, you never know when he's going to do it. But here's a guy who's been around for a long, long time. And so I know it was Chief getting a lot of the credit, and he deserves most of it. But it's also guys like Jay Bomeister who bring that quiet leadership that has the attention of every player inside that dressing room. Martin, you need those guys. You need veteran guys. And I heard that he had some comments that he made to the rest of the team. And that, in my opinion, helped the team turn the page as well. Surprise question in terms of who's the biggest surprise. Fair to say, before he took a puck yeah. to the face, yeah. Vince Dunn mm-hmm. could be in that conversation. And then also, Robert Thomas especially, Early on, first couple rounds, really, really good. Not surprised. You know, we, we talked. Okay, but, but yes. to, to be the best player on the ice in some of these in games. Game seven. That's what I'm saying. He was the best player on the ice, but he was so good down the stretch. We talk about health. You need three things. What do you need? Puck luck. Luck, goaltending, health. There you go. And you got to keep your stick on the He's ice. the one guy keep that you could up. probably tell, and obviously he's not skating in the morning skates. Third consecutive or fourth consecutive game, he hasn't been out here maintenance. for a morning skate. He's getting the maintenance day. He's the one guy you can tell that is playing at less than 100%. He's not the only one, but he's the one guy you can certainly tell 
Yeah, something's not right with Robert Thomas right now, but he's gutting it out. We're uh, we're up against it. We're live at Enterprise Center. Game six tonight, Blues and Sharks just past 7 o'clock. Carlson, Hurdle, not even making the trip here mm-hmm. from San Jose, both out for the Sharks. Am I wrong, Perron? The only one with Stanley Cup Finals experience. Did Bortuzzo have any in Pittsburgh because of Perron last year? He did not. The one player who has won a Stanley Cup on the Blues roster is Oscar Sundquist, who won one with Pittsburgh, but he did not play in the final. But he did have. He was on the roster. He did have a day in the Cup. Uh, My staff has told me they're going to show a picture of him with the Stanley Cup on the NBC broadcast tonight. Excellent. But Oscar Sundquist has never played in a Stanley Cup final game. But he was on the roster. But he was on the roster for Pittsburgh back in 2016. Played. I believe the first two games of the first round series, he played two games in the playoffs, and they were both in the first round. I believe the first two games. And give Army credit. That was part of the Reeves trade, right? Unbelievable trade. trade to get him. And, you know, it depends who you talk to. You know, Sidney Crosby has told people he, he, he really thought this guy was going to be a good player. Um, he scored north of 20 goals one year in the American Hockey League, so he showed that he had a little bit of scoring touch. Other players like – um, I'm trying to remember his name all of a sudden. I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, Ben Lovejoy, who played for Dallas in the previous Loves round. Him. I talked to him about Oscar Sundquist as well, and he said, i got to be honest with you, I never saw this coming in terms of him <laughs> being the player. So Crosby saw Hey, it. Oscar, I just That's talked to a couple guys. They said Crosby. they never knew you could score. <laughs> That's what separates Crosby from uh, from Ben Lovejoy. So, But but I'm so happy for that guy, man, and just in terms of how he plays. <laughs> Was there a shot th- in this there guy, at Lovejoy? No, uh, this, this guy has been joining us now. Lovejoy. <laughs> oh, he's the nicest guy. In the league, too. He's like Pareko nice. This guy. Ooh. He, oh, he, I don't want Pareko to be that nice. Probably, Chuck, he's yep, get this me. is Martin's thing. It's he's been his thing for about three, four years. Want to get a he wants Pareko to be pronger. I little, love it. Get a little edge. That, uh, might, that might not ever happen. I don't know how hockey sense operates, but we here at the Coveted Hour got uh-huh. to take breaks. OK, buddy. Oh, we just do all live reads. Uh, kidding. We take breaks. Bespoke brought to you this segment with Andy Strickland. Senior hockey is here. I'm going here. with my clinching suit tonight. You know, I wore this in game six against Winnipeg, and and it brought good luck. So I'm going with the, uh, what do you call it, royal blue? Ooh. Royal blue. Okay. I have a checkered blue jacket. I bought Sunday in San Jose at a Kohl's that I'm charging to Southwest Airlines Ooh. for having my bags arrive about 14 hours later. Are you wearing it tonight? It's beautiful. God, it's I a perfect sport coat it's a very hockey sport coat you're gonna like it Strick. Really? oh it's like checkered that. it's Rick, a little loud Strick is so into hockey he goes into his closet looks at coats and tells him you're a healthy scratch yeah <laughs> kind of don cherry all right live from enterprise center the excitement is building can you feel it we're still here buddy <laughs> Look as good as the day I met you. I forget just why I